Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 10.45 a.m. Today's message is, God More Than Loves You. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. All right. So we're going to continue uh, talking about being rooted in, in faith, being rooted in God. Um, you know, we, the last couple of weeks we've talked about uh, the, the importance of a, a strong root system and a root structure that, that uh, sustains us through the storms of life, through the ups and the downs. Um, last week uh, we talked about how Scripture kind of is, is one of the things that we really need to, to make sure that we are, are focusing on. That um, reveals who God is. Um, it reveals uh, how God desires for us to live. Um, it's, it's one of the ways that we uh, connect with Him. Uh, and again, um, and I'll, I'll continue to be sending out the link on Facebook and uh, through email, um, but if you have just the, the Version Bible app, you can go to different events and you'll see um, there'll be events for us uh, every Sunday. It will have the scripture that we'll be uh, using uh, today, but it'll also have a Bible plan that you can use. Uh, I think the one, uh, you should be able to start the event that has the Bible plan for this coming week. Um, and I think it's like a seven-day uh, study. So, and, and again, I, I do want to tell you, I, I don't read all of those little devotionals. It's more, this is just encouraging you so, uh, to, to get into the Scripture. So if there's something you're like, he believes that? I, I, I don't know, maybe, but, <laughs> but maybe not. You know, so, but uh, but the, it, they are wonderful ways just to, to stay in the Scripture and to get you thinking. Um, so those are just some simple ways um, to help us uh, you know, stay uh, close to God, to develop our relationship with Him and develop a strong root system. You know, today we're going to talk about kind of um, one of, the, obviously, the most foundational part of that root system is God Himself. And so we're going to look at some characteristics of God. Um, with it only being one sermon, I, I'm going to say we're not going to hit all the characteristics of God, right? That's kind of hard to do. But we are going to, to delve into that. And, and one thing that actually just happened, um, or I found out about just a couple of days ago, really kind of reinforced to me how important uh, a root system is, and a deep, strong root system. Because I think that we live kind of in a time uh, in, in our world right now, and especially in our country, where we kind of have shallow root systems, kind of in everything, Right? Because if we're honest with ourselves, things aren't that bad. Right? I'm not trying to minimize the storms in your life. Now, there's a lot out there that's really frustrating, but I'm just talking about real life things. The um, violent crime is at all time lows. It's safer to be in the world now than it's ever been before. Um, with the, uh, the average income is higher than it's been. The uh, you know, jobs uh, are at uh, all-time highs. Unemployment is at all-time lows. There's a lot of things that are really positive on a big scale, right? But yet, we all feel like things are falling apart, right? And, uh, and, I, and I wonder sometimes, do we have, have we <laughs> failed in developing a deep root system? Because we've kind of been able to get away with having a shallow one. Because we don't have to face true huge adversity like the church has in the past. 
right? And even as individuals have in the past. So about eight years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Ukraine, and it was in Lugansk, uh, Ukraine, which is in eastern Ukraine. Um, went there to do some work on a, a, a church. It was basically a two, three-story uh, church, uh, kind of shaped like this, um, and it was a, it was a Baptist church. Um, if you're not familiar, Ukraine is right up against Russia. Um, it was definitely part of the Soviet Union, um, and uh, but has been its own country now. You know, since the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, but it's still a strong Russian influence. And it was fascinating going and being there. I've been on a lot of mission trips. I've never been to somewhere in a Soviet-controlled, and, and just, man, not to get too political, but, man, that is not the way that you want to live. That has had lasting impacts on that culture, and it is not a happy culture. You know, and it's just, it's very, it's fascinating. Um, but so it was, it was interesting because what we were doing is we were going and trying to finish out the basement. It was just rock walls and, and dirt floors, and uh, they had finally put some concrete down. But we were just trying to finish out the basement so they could use it for a homeless shelter. And uh, one of the interesting things is we were talking to one of the older guys that was there, and, and we were like, well, so why did you have this basement? Well, did you use it for anything? And he, he said most of the buildings had them. Because uh, we, we needed them for when the Americans dropped the bomb on us. Right? So the same thing that the normal people over here were thinking is that Russia is going to drop a bomb on us. The normal people over there were thinking we were going to do the same thing. It, it's just kind of, kind of interesting. And, uh, and so, but now there's, there's up, up until recently, there's been a lot of churches that have started, a lot of Protestant churches, things like this. This was a, a Baptist church, even though you wouldn't have recognized it as a Baptist church. Um, but they were doing a lot of good things. Well, a few years ago, uh, it's probably been three or four years ago, I don't know if you remember, uh, Russia decided that, you know what, we kind of want some of Ukraine again. And they kind of went in, there's, there's stuff, it kind of got, we, all of a sudden the news cycle changed 30 minutes later and we forgot about it, right? But uh, Russia has a strong influence in eastern Ukraine now. They're technically not running it, but it is uh, many of these communities and cities are now being run by Russian-backed um, groups. Uh, about a year or two ago, they made it to where all Protestant churches had to register with the state. And so they had to approve whether you, could, you had to get a license to be a church. This church that I went to is called Emmanuel Baptist Church there in Lugansk, uh, Ukraine. Went through the process and got that. But they could see the writing on the wall. And, uh, and it's, it's really interesting because you won't find this, uh, maybe by now, there, there may be a new story, but, but doubtful. So this is a, a Facebook post by a, a, a girl who was our translator and who worked at the church. Her name is uh, Olga uh, Polskana. And uh, this happened on Friday. She said, all Protestant churches in the war area have been denied registration and were told that the buildings don't belong to them anymore. But they were allowed to take everything out of the buildings. Please pray for the believers there. So now they, their building is just gone. All the Protestant churches in Lugansk um, and in some of the other areas, it's, it's starting. And, uh, and you know, and I, I hear that kind of stuff. And, and just to kind of keep the connection here, I think about what we struggle with here and what we get frustrated with. So Russia over there has, is taking away buildings 
so that you can no longer worship. The next step, by the way, is that it's illegal to worship, right? I mean, uh, that's, that's the obvious next step. And, uh, and, and over here, we ha- we're being torn apart as a country because Russian bots put Facebook posts supporting both candidates, right? Just to cause chaos. And we're being torn apart. And I wonder, man, is our root system, would it be strong enough if all of a sudden we came up and on our door there was a, it was barred and there was a note saying, sorry, this is our building now. Oh, and by the way, we really don't want the chairs. Why don't you get them out? <laughs> like, wh- how would we react? Sure, we'd be upset. Sure, we'd be frustrated and maybe, maybe we would resist for a while. But what would that do to our faith? Like, man, we, I don't know. I think I mean, we, would, we, would, we would make it, right? We would, I think we would rise to the occasion. But right now, I don't know if our root system, I think our root system is, we're, we're comfortable with a pretty shallow root system. Because guess what? That kind of stuff, not, it's not happening. Right? Now, I don't know what the future holds, but man, we're really blessed to be in a country that has a lot of things that would have to go wrong for that to get here. Right? And that allows us to kind of have a shallow root system. Man, but we, that is not what God wants for us. He wants more for us. He doesn't want us just to kind of be able to, to float through life and just because it's comfortable be able to worship Him. No, He wants to be there whenever they come and shut the doors down of the church. And you say, well, what am I going to do now? And God's saying, I'm still there with you. But in order for you to be able to maintain your faith in a situation like that, you better have a good root system. And so I want to talk about this root system. That's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. But specifically talking about God. You know, and, and, and I, I started thinking because I, I knew I wanted to, and obviously, right, it's, it's not, you don't have to be a genius to realize we'll talk about God and then we'll talk about Jesus and we'll talk about Holy Spirit, kind of all those aspects of God, right? But I started thinking, well, where do you start with God? How do you, you know, how do you, how do you boil this down to kind of a foundational principle of who God is that forms the heart of our root system being rooted in Him? And I think first you have to start off with believing and holding on to the fact that God is creator. That God created everything. Right? That shares a lot about who God is. Shares about how powerful he is. It shares kind of the the order of things. He's the creator. We are all the created. Right? It also shows how creative God is. And it's important because God didn't have to create. He chose to create. Right? And you know and, and this is such a basic thought but, uh, but one I think that, that sometimes you know, we, we take for granted or we don't realize the importance and the magnitude of what that means, that God is creator. And you know, we live in a world where that gets challenged all the time, right? We see how it gets challenged with science, through evolution, things like that. And, and we haven't always handled that well as the church, right? Because we start challenging theories, right? And and sometimes, listen, the science is actually there, right? 
Which, by the way, God created the world, so if the science points there, then that means God was behind it. And I'm not going to get too, too deep into this. But that, we shouldn't be debating the theories, but it goes back, and it doesn't matter what scientific theory is espoused, right? It all gets back eventually to somewhere that says, well, how did it start? And that's where Genesis 1 comes in, in the beginning, God created that's vital for us to understand. And listen, it's really interesting. There's some very prominent Christian scientists who they, they, they use and understand the theory of evolution and show how it works and how God has used that. But it all comes back to eventually, hey, it had to start somewhere. And that's God. And it's important for us to know that. And it's fascinating to see secular scientists the more that our science is, is progressing, the more they're having to realize, you know what, maybe, maybe this God stuff is there. It's really interesting. There's a lot of articles of people, the more they're finding out, the more that it's actually proving, no, there's something had to get this all started. Right? It's important for us to remember that's a foundational principle of who God is, that God is our creator. But also, God is holy. It is so important for us to recognize this because there is a lot of unholiness out there. Right? What's going on in Ukraine is not right. And that there is evil there. But we need to know God as a creator. He is a holy God. He created everything perfect the way that he wanted to. But now because we live in a fallen world, there's going to be a lot of unholiness that happens. But that doesn't change the fact that God is holy. Now we get uncomfortable with this sometimes because we feel like, well, this is where we see the judgmental God, right? The God that says you're wrong and you need to do something different. We read sometimes in the Old Testament and man, well, he comes down hard on people who are not living holy lives, right? And so we don't, a lot of times we don't like thinking about the fact that God doesn't approve of one lifestyle or one way of living or another. But I would like to say it's so important that we recognize this, that God is holy, that there is a right and a wrong. That is important to believe and to understand. Because honestly, do, I, do you want to serve and to believe in a God that just thinks everything's okay? Because anybody looks at the world and says, no, it's not all okay. <laughs> right? Like it's not, there's a lot of things that are wrong. There are things that people do that just make you scream the way people treat other people. Right? I want a God who is holy, who looks at that and says, that is unholy. And guess what? Eventually we're going to hold that accountable. Man, I don't want a God who just says, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry you grew up that way and, you know, I guess that's just the way it is. No, there is a right and a wrong. It's important for us to believe and to live with the fact that God is holy. Now, you can't just stop there because God is also Redeemer. See, when God sees the unholiness, He doesn't say, I'm just going to get rid of that. He says, I want to redeem them. I want to change them. I want to bring them to a place of holiness. 
Now that's not easy to do. And guess what? It doesn't always happen. Because people can choose to still be unholy. Right? But see, it's important to believe both of these things. That God is holy and that He does not tolerate wickedness and evil. But yes, He is Redeemer, so He wants to pull people out of the being wicked, being evil, and change them to live the way that He created them to live. Both of those things are true. And we need to make sure that we live those out and that we hold those deep inside of us. And that keeps us from becoming judgmental on people. Right? We can call out and say, you know what, you're not living right. But yet, God wants to redeem you. He wants to bring you back. Right? That is so important for us. And of course, in all of this is the f- simple fact that God is love. He is the epitome of love. That's why he does all of this. Why did God create? Because he loves us. Why is God holy? Because he loves us. He knows what's best for us. Right? Why did God redeem us? Because he doesn't want us to be caught living a life that's just leading us to pain and misery and sorrow. Right? He loves each one of us. I want to read a passage. This is in Psalms. Psalm 18. And it's going to hit on something else that even moves beyond love. But Psalm 18, verses 1 through 19. And this is David that's writing this. This is after David has um, dealt with Saul. Saul has tried to come after and kill David. Uh, David's had lots of people pursuing him, lots of enemies. It hasn't gone well for David, but now things have finally, uh, finally David is safe. Finally his enemies have been defeated. And so he writes this psalm. And I want you to, I just want you to hear how he is responding and, and writing about God. And clearly David's roots are being strengthened because he knows what God is doing. And, and he, this shows so much of the character of God. So Psalm 18, starting in verse 1, says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness with his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies, great bolts of lightning and routed them. The valley of the seas were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and he took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. 
He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Now, that's a really cool poem and really cool psalm about God. You start seeing it a lot. And David, gets, he gets that battle imagery going, doesn't he? And he's just talking about how God is coming down and he is taking out the enemy. Right? Of course, he's not talking about literal stuff here, but he is talking about how God intervened, how God pulled him out of the depths, how God was there to sustain him and to support him. Right? David experienced him as God as creator, as God who is holy, as God who is redeemer, as a God who loved him. And he's pouring this heart out to God. But I want to focus on verse 19, the very end of it. Why did God do all of this? David writes, he rescued me because he delighted in me. Now listen, this is different than love. It's a different word. Now God's love is so powerful and and wonderful and it's great for us to get that and understand that God loves us. But you know what? God also likes you. Right? Now these, these are things that we shouldn't say as parents, but I know all of you have. Have you ever said, you know, I really love my children, but right now I just don't like them very much. Right? Right? You, you know what I'm talking about? Right? And yeah, yeah, N- nice golf clap going there. And yeah, your, your children are like, what? You don't like me? You know? And, you know, and, and, and all of us, if we're all honest with ourselves, we all have someone in our family tree and not someone who's on a branch out there, someone who's pretty close to the trunk that we love and we care about, but man, we really don't want to spend much time with them. Right? Right? I mean, because, and there's, listen, I'm laughing at this because I think sometimes we do have to realize, you know what, there's differences. Like there's differences in personality. Right? And maybe it's just something that's that simple. Maybe you have a sibling who, man, you love and would do anything for them, but the thought of like spending a weekend with them, you're like, oh my gosh, that just wouldn't work. Right? Because we're human. It's okay. Right? Sometimes those, that animosity is because of sin, right? Because we've done something or they've done something and it's unrepentant. There's all kinds of reasons, but a lot of times it's just simple. You know, man, their personality just kind of grates on me. And I do love them. And if they really needed me, I would be there, right? And you would, right? That, that family member that you just don't have much of a relationship with, if they really needed you though, man, you'd be there. That's, what, that's the power of love. Right? But I wonder if sometimes that we kind of view God and we get to the point where we say, okay, yeah, God loves me. But you know, there's no way he can like me very much. Right? That's not healthy. Because God delights in you. He created you the way that you are with all your personality quirks and everything. Right? God wants to be involved in your life. He wants 
for you to deepen your relationship with him. I think it's important that we understand that. Now, does that mean that God likes everything that you do? Of course not. He is still holy. But He likes you. That's that's more than just loving. And sometimes we just kind of say, okay, I know God loves me, but we become really uncomfortable kind of trying to actually develop a relationship with Him because in our minds we're knowing, you know, if God really, if He really knew what I thought, if he really knew what I kind of did when no one saw, you know, he probably wouldn't like me too much. And yeah, he doesn't like what you're doing, but he likes you and he wants to be with you because the only way you're going to quit doing the things that he doesn't like is to spend time with him. Right? He wants to, to help you and to grow you to become the person that he created you to be. And God didn't create you and then go, oh man, that was a bad day on my part. I don't like him. Right? No, he loves who you are. Right? And he wants for you to love him. And he wants for you to delight in him. Right? It is so important for us to hold on to those truths about God. That God is creator. He created you. He created all this. He's greater than all this. He's greater than all the mess. Right? All of it is ultimately subservient to him. Right? That God is holy. That he's he's not going to allow all this evil and rebellion against him to go on forever. Right? There will come a day where justice will reign. Right? But the reason that day is not today is because God is also redeemer. He wants people to have the opportunity to come back to him, to experience him. And God loves you deeply, but even more than that, he delights in who you are because he created you to be unique. Man, I encourage you to allow God to get to know you by getting to know him. Allow God to strengthen your root system. So that when the storms of life come, you will be prepared. Because now is the time to prepare for that. Not whenever you show up to your church building and there's a note that says, hey, you're done. That's not a good time to start preparing your root system. And listen, none of us know when that next storm in our life is coming. And we need to be developing our root system. And guess what? You can develop your root system in the midst of the storm. Because God is always there. And he loves you and he delights in you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for the love that you have for us. I thank you, God, that you are our creator. That you are holy. That you are our redeemer. That you love us. And Lord, even more than that, that you delight in us. Lord, I pray that we will invest in our relationship with you and allow you to strengthen and to deepen that relationship so that our root system is strong and our roots will maintain their place no matter how strong the storms may be. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. 
We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.